Oh my gosh, Emily, it's, it's happening. happening. It's happening. It's happening. Okay, so clink after after an hour of talking to each other, <laughs> clink, clink, drink. <laughs> oh my gosh, welcome everybody. Ooh, that is strong. Um, so a disclaimer. I'm going to get things wrong. I'm going to openly weep this episode. Um, and that's going to be okay. Uh, but please like, follow, comment, and subscribe to Booze and Broadway on Instagram. Um, and yeah, that's kind of where we're at mainly. And uh, I'll turn it over to our new co-host, <gasps> a new co-host this season. Fucking uh, finally. Yes. Go ahead and slate for us. I am co-host number 46, Emily. Correct, correct. Emily McGilvery. Yes. Now, this is also, for those of you who've been listening since episode one, this is Emily. This is the Emily that uh, we keep talking about. I am the reason the disclaimer exists, so that I would stop <laughs> texting Nathan when he got things it's, wrong. I am the reason the disclaimer it's exists. It's Victor Garber. It's Victor Garber. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. I can't. I can't. Uh, my my favorite my favorite thing that I still want to make a t shirt and honestly I might make it just for you is uh is the Mean Girls episode when Taylor said who's listening Emily hi Emily how you doing it was the correct best. <laughs> it was absolutely the best thing that was probably ever said on this show I absolutely um, lost it I died so. Emily, as I do uh, all, most of my co-hosts, I, I'm pretty sure I let everybody do it. Would you like to introduce the show that we're doing? Oh my gosh, we are doing the one, the only, Come From Away. <sighs> Ooh. It's a big one. It's a heavy hitter. Get ready, y'all. Um, now, Emily, how many, how many times have you seen this show? I have seen this show four times in person. One of those being from backstage. Right. Was it backstage on tour or backstage on Broadway? Backstage on tour. Uh, my best friend from college is one of the stage managers for the tour. I love it. Yeah. So when he was in Tampa and I have only, I've only sat in a seat for one of those shows. Every other time was standing room only. Um, and so sure. when he was like, hey, do you want to watch the show from backstage? I was like. Why are you asking? Just tell me when to be there. He was like, the only, thing, the only thing is we don't have a lot of space, so you're going to have to stand the whole time. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> First of all, you're like, it's an hour, 30 minutes tops. Yeah. So like, let's get to it. It's let's a quick go. 110. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's amazing. The first time I ever watched this show um, was on tour when it was in Orlando at Dr. Phillips. And it was because Rocco's mom... Uh, messaged everybody on Facebook and was like, got to get rid of these tickets. Who wants them? And I was like, me. And I, I didn't know squat about the show. Yeah. I legit was just like, let's go see some theater. Let's go. I was trying to figure out, because the first time I saw it, it was standing room only. And I know that I bought it. Like I went into the box office and the people in front of me were told we only have standing room. And I was like, whatever, that's fine. But I can't remember like why I saw it. Like I'm guessing the Tony Awards, like the Tony nominations like must have just come out. And I was like, okay, like let me try to see this because I think it's going to be a big deal. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was by myself and like was looking for a cheap ticket. And that's kind of the only reason I saw it. And then I was like, oh, this is 
the most amazing thing, great. Literally. <laughs> it's yeah. it's one of my favorite things ever. It's people and chairs. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. it's, I love shit like that. Yep. I love shit like that. It's so cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, I do want to, before we like super, super get into it, um, this show has a lot of like, heavy material and i want everybody who's probably like gripping their like (laughs) arm chairs right now with like how we're gonna handle this yeah we're gonna handle this with as much as much sensitivity as this subject deserves 100 percent um and i am in no way gonna be making fun of a international tragedy that happened nope absolutely not okay 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 i just want i just i absolutely wanted to say that before we like super got it we are on the same page (laughs) good 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 good. um emily do you remember where you were when when it happened oh yeah for sure so i was i was in 11th grade and I okay. was walking into German class, of all things. Okay. Um, and there had kind of been, like, rumblings that something was happening. And my teacher was like, we are absolutely not talking about it. Like, pay attention in class. And then my next class was, like, a teacher, like, a pre, yeah. Uh, my next class was, like, a pre-teacher education class. And the one of the girls in my class, her father works at the Pentagon. <gasps> yeah. And she was pulled from class during that class. And so then it became very real very quickly. And yeah. it was no, ma- it was no longer a, we're not talking about this. It's like, cause I live, I live like 45 minutes from Dulles airport. I live roughly an hour from DC. So like, that's very, it's very much like I know people and my friend, yeah. Sh- my friend Shannon, like her father was pulled from the Pentagon. He luckily survived, but it was very, they didn't know where he was for a while. Um, and it was like, yeah. it was really super scary. Um, so it like, Holy crap. It, yeah. So it came home really, really quickly for me. And then Shanksville, um, is like 90 minutes from Pittsburgh, which is where my mom's family is from. Um, mm-hmm. and then my dad's fa- family is from Boston. So Dulles airport, Logan airport, these were all places and names that I have grown up my entire life flying in and out of. So yeah. it was, yeah, it was, I, yeah, I remember a lot about that entire week. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I was in fifth grade. Cause I'm old. <laughs> no. You are the age you are. You can't. True. <laughs> My brother's six years younger than me, and it's been, I think it must have been maybe the last major anniversary, the 15th anniversary, or like maybe when they started making movies about it, like when like United in 93 came out and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we realized like how different our experiences were from that day because, you know, I was 16 and he was 10. Sure. Like those are very different ages. And so like how we remember that day and like ha- having a friend with a personal relationship with it, like we've had really interesting conversations about like how we remember that day in our minds and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, anniversaries, so this episode is going to be released on September 10th, which means tomorrow is September 11th, which is actually the 20th anniversary of September 11th happening, um, which is insane to think about. It's absolutely insane. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And um, also, uh, 
as this episode comes out, we did this, we did this all for, like, a whole lot of reasons. Um, yes. First of all, tomorrow is September 11th. Uh, it is the 20th anniversary, but also today, as you're hearing this, a professional pro shot of Come From Away is being released on Apple TV, which I highly, highly demand you all go watch. It is not an expectation. It is not a recommendation. It is a requirement. Um, if you haven't, pause this now. Go watch it at least once. I have probably watched it four times by now. Um, <laughs> yeah, go watch it. <laughs> because I, yeah. in a million yeah. years, if you had told me that if any of the shows come from Loy was going to get a pro shot, I'd be like, <laughs> sure. So I Apple told TV, Dylan and Karina, if you need my login uh, information, I will give it to you. <laughs> yes. I told Dylan and Karina, I was like, hey, I know you guys haven't seen it. So I'm bringing my, I'm unplugging my Apple TV from my room and bringing it downstairs. And we're all going to sit and watch it. Like, you'll have to watch the show. It's so good. And it's also, as, as we get into this, this is a very hard show to talk about. Because it's like, yeah, it's a show about 9-11, but it's really good. Like, it's, it's so hard to like catch the spirit of the show and like recommend it to people i actually somebody um astrid i cannot say her last name correctly but astrid from the show the first time that i met her at broadway con she told somebody it's a show about 9 12 she said it's a show about september 12th it's not a show about 9 11 and i was like i like okay. it okay because it take like their 9 11 is its own day it is its own thing this is humanity mm -hmm. trying to move forward from what happened, which I think is a really important thing to remember. So that's, I like, yeah. Come From Away is a September 12th musical. <laughs> I like that a lot. So um, with that, let's get into it. Let's do it. So it is a 2017 Canadian musical uh, with book, musical, and lyrics by Irene Sankoff and David Hine. Correct. Yay! We love them. <laughs> um, the characters in the show are based off of real residents that helped during Operation Yellow Ribbon, which was, like, a grounding of all planes and, like, the way that p communities helped people who were like, yeah, you're, you're stuck here. Yep. For a little bit until you can go home. And we're in the middle of nowhere, so... So it is a, it was workshopped in 2012 at the Sheridan College in Oakville, Ontario. And then it moved to, don't worry everybody, I have it this time, the La Jolla Playhouse in 2015. So proud. <laughs> it's called growth. It's called, it's called learning. We're all moving forward. Um, it opened on Broadway. At, yeah, the Schoenfeld <laughs> Theater on uh, March 12th, 2017 to incredible success. Incredible. Listen. I will tell everybody to go see this musical. And I do. <laughs> Period. Obnoxiously so. It surpassed Drowsy Chaperone as the longest-running Canadian musical on Broadway. Here are... Listen, reading these reviews get me, gets me teary-eyed sometimes. So, these are just a couple of reviews for the show. Because, again, I don't know how to describe this show of, like... It is a very traumatic time in, like... It is a real thing that happened. Like... This is what makes me weep about the show. Is like, this happened. Yep. This legit happened. And so it is, I think that makes it even more emotional to me. Um, this is also one of two shows that I have seen, Hadestown being one of them, 
Uh, there it is, folks. Where, Take your drink. There it is. There it is. We did it. Um, where the entire theater was just collectively sobbing. Oh, 100%. Because, again, when I tell you I didn't know anything about this musical when I first saw it, I just, I went and I just cried for an hour and a half. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, these are a few reviews for the show that stuck out to me that I really, really like. It is a singing reminder that when things are at their worst, people can be at their best. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That's your tagline. (laughs) This is, okay, I have described the show this way and then I read this review and I was like life imitates art because (laughs) because everybody has this opinion it takes you to a place you didn't know you wanted to go and it makes you not want to leave correct because at the end of that show I was like I could immediately watch this again yeah I've seen it live four times I watched it twice a day I am already planning on the next time that I'm seeing it live. Like I, I, it is. I cannot t- get tired of the show. I'm planning. I'm. I switched for a PM shift when on for today, um, so that I could watch it before I went to work. Like it is. It's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah, but it's yeah. fine. <laughs> um, this is this is you. Uh, as long as it's running on Broadway, I will recommend it to everybody. Correct. Everybody. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and He's then, been reading my diary. <laughs> and then there is uh, one review, which is if you've watched the trailer for the uh, Apple TV recording, uh, it is it's a it's a review that says uh, the show is a celebration of the best of humankind. Mm-hmm. I think it's so weird. I think it's especially like within the last year and like where we see. America specifically right now. Yes, we're getting political on this podcast. Um, It's very, I think it's almost heartbreaking sometimes to look at the show and be like, the rest of the world is so kind. Yeah. Why can we not be like this? 100%. Because I talk a lot. I talk a lot about like, I don't know how to tell you just to be a good person or like that you should care about somebody else. Yep. Yep. Uh Yep. That's it. Okay, great. Yeah. Perfect. And it's also like, it's so like, this is going to sound really corny, but it is what it is. Like, I am fortunate to still have my job as a Disney cast member. Um, And like, I know that I work in a place that people come to escape to. Like, people want the feeling of, I will do anything that I can for you to make sure that you forget the outside world. And like, that's my job. And so, like, the fact that there are other people who don't work at a place with those expectations are like that just because they're good people, it's a reminder to me that I can also do that without getting a paycheck. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, um, okay, okay, so let's so talk, let's talk, let's talk about, about a couple of things uh, in a very short amount of time. Great. Um, Tony Noms. <laughs> Okay, so... It was really um, unfortunate that that year didn't have a, uh, a host for the Tonys. That's really unfortunate. Hmm. Um, so they were nom... These are noms only. Best musical, best book, best score, best lighting design, best uh, featured actress for uh, Jean Colella, and best choreography. I would like very quickly to direct you towards uh, a video on YouTube... It is Come From Away performs at Gypsy of the Year 2017. 
It is specifically <laughs> them talking about how they got nominated for Best Choreography yeah. because it is not a dance show. It really isn't. I also want to remind but, you that Kelly Devine won Best Choreography for the Oliviers. This show won Best Choreography in London on the West End. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, again, it is not a dance show. And this video, first of all, it gives a great insight of, like, What's considered dance? What is movement? Like, how do you tell a story using people who can't do 32 fuerte pirouettes on stage? Um, but it also gives you this amazing look into the cast as a group of people who yeah. work together. And it is so beautiful. Please go watch it. It has come from away, performs at Gypsy of the Year 2017. Yep. It's like, I think it's like maybe seven minutes long. It is a hoot. It's worth it. Is it is such a hoot. <laughs> it's great. Um... Now let's talk about what makes me mad. I don't give a shit. I will f- I will swing at everybody who tells me I'm wrong. It should have won Best Musical. It should have won Best Musical. And if, if, if it didn't win Best Musical, it should have won Best Score over Dear Evans. Yes. It should have won Best Score. Even if, like, Best Musical, whatever. But this music, this story, it should have gotten Best Score. I'll give Dear Evan Hansen Best Featured Actress. I will. I'm so oh, sorry. Oh, 100%. John Colella was the wrong choice. 100%. It should have been Rachel Bay Jones. That is not yeah, my fight. Right, right, right. <laughs> but Best Musical? Mama. No. What was, the, what was the reason other than clout? A boy who lies. Uh, a boy who lies beat out huma- nice people in humanity. How dare you? <laughs> a, a white man in America beat out humanity. There it is, Mama. There it is. There it is. That's all you need to know. We're done here. And just, <laughs> and just like the end of every show. <laughs> um. So it did win. Uh, Christopher Ashley won for Best Direction, which Mama Correct. at least it took a Tony. Correct. Um, and he got to direct the pro shot. Cast is going to work a little different today, everybody. Um, everybody plays multiple roles. And I mean multiple roles. Um, so I'm kind of just kind of going to list everybody in the show. Great. There we go. Uh, Chad Kimball, who you all know from Memphis. And um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's, oh, he exists. Jen Kalella. Yep. There you go. Yep. There we go. Listen. <laughs> Sometimes I have to be held to a higher standard and Emily's going to be the one who does it. <laughs> now... I will point out very briefly that uh, one of the main reasons she got her uh, Tony nom, other than being absolutely phenomenal, because she is, mm-hmm. um, is she played real-life pilot uh, Beverly Bass. Yes. Um, uh, who is r- close friends with her and has come to see the show multiple times. and She's seen it over a hundred times. <gasps> Mama, you, you're on your way. <laughs> Me and Beverly and Bass. <laughs> um uh, Joel Hatch, amazing, love him. Uh, Rodney Hicks, Caesar Samoa, Samoa. There we go. Um, Deidre Kassenbaum, Patrina Bromley, Kendra Kassenbaum. Mama, thank you. Uh, she was a uh, she was a Glinda. Very early on. Yes, she was. I knew I knew her name somehow. She's the reporter, right? Yes. Yep. I knew it. Um, Patrina Bromley, Gino Carr, what? I just love them. I love them so much. Uh, (laughs) uh, Lee McDonald, 
McDougal. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. Okay, Mama, everybody, shut up for the rest of the hour. Shut up, everybody, for the rest of the episode. Q Smith is the only person I care about, and I will protect her with my life. Correct. <laughs> um, and, of course, Sharon Wheatley. Oh, I'm sorry, and Astrid Van uh, Weiner. Yep. Rywin. You're right. The what does that sentence. say? Oh, okay. Sorry, she was on a separate page. That is why I did... I, I'm sorry, everybody. Okay. Emily... I know, I know your, your heart lies in stage managing and you are completely allowed to stage manage the show, but that is not the question we're asking. The question is, who would you be in this show? What, tra- what track would you be in this show? So I know that I would be Bonnie, but I would do anything to be Beulah. Mama, I would have cast you as Beulah first. <gasps> yes, dreams come true. Literally. Uh, yeah. Who would you She's be? She's so good. Oh, um, um, let's see. Now, first of all, I fucking love one day, one day when I'm old and can only stand on a chair and get back down, I will have Joel Hatch's track. Uh, yes, please. A, a yes, thousand please. percent I will. I fucking love him. I love him. I love him. I love him. Yes. Um, now, if I can be an insane person, Q Smith or Beulah's track. Hannah or Beulah's track? Great. <gasps> we'll get to it. But Q Smith has one of, if not the, best song in the whole show. Correct. Emily, besides backstage, um, where do you like to sit when you see shows? Where, where, where is your chosen place to sit when you watch shows? Oh, I am. A, well, first of all, I am a student rush queen. But if she's got a little <laughs> bit of money in her pocket, <laughs> uh, she's, uh, she's sitting in the balcony. She's sitting all, all the way up. Okay. Okay. I, I love that. A student rush queen. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get, I, I'm gonna have to release a like a limited edition um like series of shirts like orchestra, a slut for the mezzanine, yes. a student rush queen. Yes. Like we'll all be able to get our own section. Perfect. Um, <laughs> limited viewing standing room only shirts. Oh, <laughs> uh, so great. Okay, so we're at the Schaffeld Theater, which I have been to because it was the last show I saw when I was in New York. Come from where it was? Or? Yes, it was. Oh, very nice. It, yeah, yeah. It was, I, I let up and I was like, my whole thing about, because I had already seen it at that point, And I was like, I want to see it again. And then I was looking up like, t- first of all, tickets to Come From Away are nothing. They're nothing. Go see Come From Away. There is nothing stopping you. That, nothing. Other don't than even flying let, to New York, finding a hotel, finding a way there. Like, <laughs> Don't even let standing room. Like, I literally, I did standing room twice before I had back surgery. Like, do not let standing room scare you. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're the only thing standing in your way. Um, exactly. So, so, yeah, I did, we did tickets, uh... For Come From Away, it was the last thing. I think it was the cheapest so- show we saw. Oh, yeah. Honestly. Yep. Um, but one of the main reasons I saw it was we were in New York, and I wanted that New York energy of the show. Um, but it was also eight of the original 12 cast members. Yeah. So, like, why not go see the show? I asked them at 
at BroadwayCon in 2019, so like the last BroadwayCon that was in person, they had a come from away panel, and I got to ask them. I was like, why, like, why stay? Like, staying six years with a show is unheard of, and like. 95% of the cast is still there and they've been there since the very beginning and so I asked them I was like why stay and they're like why leave like we love it this is a beautiful story to tell we love yeah. the people that we work with and I was like that's the dream <laughs> that's the dream so we're just gonna we're, we're gonna start now mind you everybody this show does not have an intermission so you're stuck with me and Emily for the rest of the episode I, I hope you enjoy enjoy y'all um Enjoy us weeping into your ear. It's coming. <laughs> it's, mama. Um, so we have this empty stage with like some trees in the background and some chairs. And mama, let me tell you, this is a, when these people just walk out on stage, mm-hmm. I lose my damn mind. I lose it. I lose it. I'm just like, whatever's about to happen, I'm ready for and we get this like drum beat. It's like da 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 da. It's and you're which just is like, when I what start weeping. <laughs> when the drums start, I'm done. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Also, this show is kind of sung through. There's there's bits and pieces. There's very tiny. I wouldn't even clarify them as scenes. They're like vignettes. Um, they're just like very tiny pieces in between songs. Yeah. Um. Where we get a little bit of plot, but mostly this song is, or this show is sung through. If you listen to the recording, I think, I you're, think you're missing, missing maybe six, six minutes, minutes of, show. of show. Oh, yeah. Like, it's incredible. that. Yep. It's great. Okay, so, these people come out. I'm not going to try to dictate who's playing who, because we would be here all night. And we have <laughs> not the time. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, um, on the north, I'm, I'm so beside myself already. On the northeast tip of North America, on an island called Newfoundland, there's an airport. And it used to be the biggest airport in all the world. And next to it is a town called Gander. And if you're not crying already, you're watching this show wrong. Like, Correct. Mm-hmm. So, they sing this song called Welcome to the Rock. And they're like, Welcome to the Rock. We all live here. We live in the middle of nowhere. But somehow we survive. Yeah. So, we get these little insights into the town members. Think, um, in, think, into, think the beginning of Into the Woods. Where we're like, we're going to introduce you person by person. This is who yes. we are. And this is how we relate to each other. I absolutely love that. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what it is. And it's done... Um, as well as Into the Woods does it. <laughs> um, so we get this little scene where it's like, I'm in my classroom and, oh my gosh, my kids, they don't want to have school. So I told them we were going to have a half day. But then I told them we were going to have the second half after lunch. Um, and, and like Emily said, it's tiny little introductions to these characters. We get this cop. Sorry, that's what he is. Sheriff. I guess he's the sheriff of the town. Yeah. Um. If not, he's just a cop. But anyway, he's like, oh, you know, I run the cop. And it's kind of a, I mean, we live in the middle of nowhere. So really, it's just me doing speed traps. Um, And I'll pull people over and I'll give them a warning and I'll write STFD. Slow the fuck down. Unless you're watching the Tony Awards where they had to change it to slow the heck down. Boo. (laughs) It's also the song they did on the Tony Awards. If you're like, "Hmm, I'm intrigued, go watch the Tony Award performance. Oh. First of all, go watch the Tony Award performance. P. 
period. <laughs> but skip through the okay. introduction because it was a, a hockey player that did it and he went oh, way too long. So just mm. skip the introduction. <laughs> so uh, a woman comes out and she goes, I'm dropping my kids off at school. And then I head over to the SPCA where I'm meeting my other kids, her little fur babies, as we like to call them. Um, and, you know, they're, they're complaining. So, you know, I've dropped my kids off. I'm back at the shelter. I fed them. So I have a moment for myself. This, this kills me. This yep. kills me. I'm getting teary-eyed. So she goes, so before I go to pick up my human kids, I take a second for myself and I'm sitting in my car and everybody on stage is like, I'm in the library. I'm in the staff room. I'm here. I'm here. And all at once they go and I turn Turn on on the the radio. radio. You are here at the start of a moment on the edge of the world. And to me, I think this is so, I, I mean, people are way smarter than me making shows on Broadway. I'm just, I'm not claiming to be a, a, a genius. I'm really not. But, like, it is such an intense way yep. to be like, we're all here and we turn on the radio and then all of a sudden you're, it's not even loud. It's, like, musically, it's very soft. It's very piano. And it's just like, hey, me, I am you. You are here. Me, I am I am here. But also, it's them talking to the audience. Yeah, because it's also that moment of, like, it's that, like, world-famous moment of question of, like, where were you? I'm in the classroom. I'm in the library. Like, that is the answer to that question, where were you? I turned on the radio. That's the moment. And, like, their physicality, the way that their faces change, like, you're immediately taken to, oh, I was here. I was here. And then it's a collective, like, bring it all together. You are here. Like, you, this is our story that we're going to tell you. You yes. know what this is like. You know what this moment is. But come with us on our on our story. And it's just like, okay, if you say so. <laughs> Absolutely. You, you were here at a start of a moment on the edge of the world, on the edge of the Atlantic, on an island in between there and here. Ma'am? <laughs> so... And the, the fact co- it actually happened. This is a true story. Me me being pulled out by the ushers in the theater. Like, as I'm screaming as the show happened. This actually happened! Like, <laughs> um, so, the, the cop is like, I'm running my radar because Bonnie's coming up and she's screaming at me, knocking on my window, and she's like, turn on your radio. And he's like, Bonnie, you gotta calm down. And she's like, turn on your fucking radio. Okay. So they're like, where our story starts, it's like, hey, I'm getting the school ready. I'm doing this. And it's like, listen, we're on this island. We are small but mighty, kind of. Um, And if if you're looking for a safe harbor, this is it. It's this island. We're all going to help you. Welcome to the Rock Mama. (sighs) That company front. We love a company front. You have to. You, it's required. You have to love a company front. <laughs> There's no other options. Okay. So, we now cut to De Plains, De Plains. So, <laughs> um, so, we get Captain Beverly Bass, right? Yes. A queen of Okay. <laughs> okay. The captain says, on final approach, we're coming into the runway. And she's just like, there are so many planes already here. 
I don't know where to put this thing. And we get a song called 38 Planes. Um, and we get this reporter who's new to the station. And she's like, hey, um, welcome. I'm reporting live from Gander Airport uh, where the 19th plane just touched down. And all these planes are just coming to land in Gander Airport. Um, and they're all talking about, like, first of all, usually they only get half a dozen planes in the town. Uh, but now we have, like, twice that many with, like, hundreds of guests per plane. Yeah. They have no idea where they're going to go. And it's just, like, we can smell the exhaust from, like, from town. So, like, what is happening? Um, so... There's just, like, there are so many people. What the actual heck are we going to do about it? 11.53 a.m., Tuesday, September 11th, 2001. Ma'am. Shit's about to go down. Ma'am. So, (laughs) any available community building will be converted into shelter. Um, And they're just like, we know people are coming. We just kind of don't know when they're going to get here. But we'll be ready for them when they, when they are. Yeah, and, like, we get, we get a phone call to Beulah at the school. And she's like, uh, we have, like, 400 kids. We could probably... 500 600 people? Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, I love her. Beulah is one of my favorite characters in the whole show. Yep. <laughs> um so so Oz the the cop from earlier he's like I go down to the store and the manager's like whatever you need take it. And so he's going back and he's like oh I have toothbrushes I have all this stuff and she go and he goes to Beulah and she's like hey some of them might have babies on board. And he goes so I'm back to shoppers for diapers and we're unpacking when somebody else says well you know those babies are probably going to be hungry. And he's like, okay, so I'm back to shoppers again for formula and babies. When Beulah says, well, you know, some of those people on plane will probably have, you know, ch- will be women of childbearing age. And he's we like, take a dramatic beat. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, so. And then Beulah goes, so, so I'm I back go to shoppers. To Which <laughs> this this show, in all of its in, it first of all intensity. And its tragedy is ingenious in the way... Because it's not comedy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it is comedy, but it's not like slapstick, ha-ha, hilarious, slap It's very knee. natural comedy. Like, in real life, I imagine Beulah as being, like, a very funny person. Just, like, who oh, she yeah. is as a person. It's yeah. just... It is beautiful in the way it balances the... The content that it has to have. Yes. And the true story of 9-11 and September 12th and the days following. Yep. With, like, lightheartedness. Yeah. Which brings me to one of my favorite songs that makes me weep and it's not even a sad song. Can I tell you my favorite part right before that song happens? So yeah. the, the flight attendant says, she has a whole thing about, like, putting your tray tables up. And she says, um, <laughs> pushing your flight attendant button won't turn your flight attendant on. And the actress who plays Beulah... You can see her slowly putting her hand down. And it is Please. one of my favorite things. <laughs> I, I love it. Um, 
So, they're just, they're literally turning the entire town into a, basically, if you know, like, medical terminology, like, a triage zone. Like, nobody's hurt, but, like, they are, like, a zone. Like, they are turning their town into a safe haven. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, one of my favorite things is when, uh, they're, like, we need, uh... Oh, Dwight comes into Beulah and he goes, we have 200 gym mats. Is that enough? And she goes, you tell me and we'll both know. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to think that Beulah is like the unofficial town mayor. Like everybody goes to her with her problems. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, But also there's a, there's a part where they're like, hey, the, um, the Elk Lodge needs toilet paper. And as they're providing the town with, like, more and more things, everybody's like, hey, this place needs this. The school needs this. This woman comes out and she goes, please stop sending toilet paper to the Elk Lodge. Which, bootlegs are bad. But if you're looking for a great slam tutorial, it is, in fact, called, for, God, for God's sake, stop bringing toilet paper to the, I think it's Lions Club. But bootlegs oh, yes, are bad. Yes, yes. But we're just saying, if you look yes. up that phrase... um so we so that was gander we cut back to the plane people um so when you include the original flight they were on the plane for 13 hours 15 hours 20 hours 28 hours uh so we get this song called 28 hours and wherever we are um they were on the plane for over an entire day without knowing what was happening Without knowing what was happening on a plane in the 2000s. Yeah. Early 2000s. It's still the 2000s. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Like. They had to, add, at, like, had to ask around for cell phones kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that one point in the in this song where they're like, only a few people had cell phones. And even then, only like half of them got reception. Yeah. So. What? Um, so. They were. They were allowed out of the seats, but not off the plane. So they're kind of just like, hey, stay here. The um, the flight crew wasn't really telling them what was happening, which, I mean, at that point, I don't really think they really knew what was happening other than that they were grounded. Yep. Um, and so it finally comes out that, uh, so Captain Beverly calls her husband and she's like, hey, I'm fine. I'm in Gander. Tell the kids I'm fine. And you know what? You know that map that we have that we always put pins in when we visited? Go tell the kids to put a pin in Gander. Ma'am. Listen. Um, so there are all these, there are all these rumors flying around, but like there is an accident that happened. The U.S. airspace was closed for the first time in history. Um, and they don't, they don't know what happened. They still don't know what happened. Fully. Yeah. Other than that, there was an accident. Yeah. They started giving everybody complimentary booze, which is when everybody started being really, really friendly. Um, and so, uh, one of my favorite things is when Kevin, there's two characters named Kevin. There's two gay characters named Kevin who date each other. And they're like, yeah, we're both named Kevin. And it was cute for a while. Cute for a while. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, 
And so he's like, there's this hot mess behind us who won't calm down. And it's Beulah, or it's the woman who plays Beulah being a different character. And she's like, I don't understand why they won't let us off the plane. Why won't they let us off the plane? And he's like, hey, you're freaking out and it's causing me to freak out and everybody's freaking the fuck out. <laughs> just full on gay clap. And it is just beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's amazing. Um, and so everybody's like, listen, I just want to be off this plane because... I would like to shower and also just not be on this plane. Um, And is this also when they're watching all the movies and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they're watching, they're like... (laughs) They're like, oh, yeah, they started playing all the movies, and we went through, like, Legally Blonde. We watched Titanic, and the woman who plays Beulah sings My Heart Will Go On, like, a, a quick line from it. And it is one of the funniest parts of the whole show. I also like that one of the movie- movies is very specifically Dr. Doolittle 2. Please. <laughs> because why not? Legally Blonde, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Doolittle, Doolittle 2, Titanic. And Titanic. <laughs> what, a, what an absolute array of movies that we have to watch. Right? <laughs> Um, so we go right into trees and dark, darkness and trees, darkness and trees, ma'am, when I tell you one of my, now, I think I've, I think I've said this before in the show and it is something that my, one of my college professors said about any show. There is no perfect show. Um, there, there's just no show that is absolutely a hundred percent perfect. Yeah. One of, and I will point out my least favorite thing in this show, and it is it is literally one line, and every time it happens, I'm like, I could I I will pay you never to say that again. <laughs> I will I will pay you not to say that again. If it makes um, you feel any better, I also have one of those moments, and I am like the come from away obsession. So like, you're fine. You're allowed. Okay, good, good, good. Um, so they're all talking about how it is time for them to get off the plane. But they don't know where they're going. They've also been told you can only bring what you carried onto the plane and all checked luggage is going to remain here. Um, and so, like, a couple of them are like, yeah, I'm taking water. I don't know when I'm going to be back here again. Yeah, to those people uh, that drink, that took the water, you're a better person than me. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been like, um, bring my blanket and pillow? Great. Okay. <laughs> uh, literally. Um, so they are let off the plane and there are soldiers. They are like, it is or it is organized as... As quickly as this moment happened in their lives, there is order to it. I mean, they were on that plane for 28 hours yeah. or 38 hours. But, I mean, you know what I mean. I mean, yeah. a day's turnaround is for organization. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, my God. Hannah. Hannah. <laughs> Hannah. Played by Q Smith. Goes to somebody and she's like, hey, I, I need to find a phone. I'm trying to find my son. Oof. This is a traumatic tool that we'll use later. So <laughs> put that in your back pocket. <laughs> absolutely. Um, now, there is a, it's Beverly who says it, Captain Beverly. She says, we walk into the airport and there's a giant map on the airport and someone has written in red marker, you are here. But I'm, I'm going to hit whoever did this to me. It's Susan Hynek and and who who is it? Who wrote this show? <laughs> Not Whenever... Susan Hynek, but yes. 
Wait, it's a. Uh, I'm sorry. It's Irene Sandcoffin, David Hine. Wow, I really got that wrong. A lovely um, married couple. <laughs> but let me tell you. Let me tell you. When I find them, when I see them in person, it is on site. How dare they do this to me? Because <laughs> again, we go back to, you are here. Yeah. I just want to talk. So. <laughs> <laughs> so um. Hannah says, I'd like to call my son. And somebody's like, I'm sorry, all the pay phones are out of order. You also, you need to like, get, we're trying to get you out of here. So like, go that way. Um, it's, it is very much a Disney pack member saying, please fill in all available space. So 11.48 p.m. Buses and drivers are now taking passengers to shelters in Gander, but just all, not just Gander, uh, Gambo, Appleton, and further communities like, uh, Glenwood and other places that I cannot pronounce uh, this this tipsy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lewisport, Norris Arm. Boom. Period. Dot com. So uh, they're like, yeah, our buses sit there forever because while others leave, we're just sitting there. And then all of a sudden, somebody from the Middle East gets on and somebody says he was questioned. Others say he got surged. But now he's on our bus. Racism. And it so, begins. Um, <laughs> let us begin. Um... So, uh, Janice, the reporter, she's like, I'm trying to interview the Red Cross, but they're far too busy for me to, like, be bothering them. Which, first of all, good on her, because she's a good person who realizes that they're fucking busy. Um, so, good. Um, and she's like, but I see the plain people, and I see how scared they are. So... Captain Beverly says, they take me and my crew in a separate van, and I'm looking at the window trying to see where we are. I've flown over this place a hundred times, and it's always dark. It's always pitch dark with a few lights. And now I'm here. And it's so okay. dark. <laughs> and and also, it is still dark. So, they're on these roads. Um, and one of, one of my favorite parts is uh, when one of the drivers stops, and she's like, this is why I drive so slow. There's a moose in the road, and she goes, she'll move when she's ready. <laughs> yeah, that's a moose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So uh, there is an, an African couple on the bus who are like, yeah, me and my wife are scared because we don't know what's happening. They don't, they kind of also don't know what's happening other than like, we're going to take these people to X. Like we're going, we're moving them to this town. And after that, hope for the best. Um, uh, so we kind of, you know, we, we don't know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, they finally get to the side Salvation Army camp. And the couple from Africa are speaking their own language. And there is a language barrier because they they cannot understand each other. Yeah. Um, and they arrived at this so, camp where the Salvation Army are people, they're in uniform. Like, they're, and so the people who are traveling, the people from Africa are like, those are soldiers. <laughs> we correct, don't want this. Correct. <laughs> And so, so Garth is like, here, go. And like, they're not moving. And he goes, now, hold on a minute. Now, let me tell you, let me tell you. I would never have thought of this. Oh, no. Well, for multiple reasons, but I would never have thought of this. So this guy says, now, I noticed his wife holding a Bible. And while I can't read her Bible, 
I do know that that it is numbered the same way that our Bible is numbered. So I, I'm searching and searching and I find Philippians 4, 6. When I tell you, when I tell you what he's about to say and my subsequent reaction of just losing my shit. Losing my shit. (laughs) And just sobbing in the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts. I mean that with my whole heart. <laughs> so he, he's pointing at the Bible. Philippians 4, 6 is like, be anxious for nothing. Ma- <laughs> Ma'am. Now, we are now at my absolute least favorite part of the show. Are we at question party? No, no, no. No, 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 no. Okay, mm. okay. He goes, be anxious for nothing. And both of them, like, look out into the audience and they're like, and that's how we started speaking the same language. And I'm like, please cut this. Please cut this. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I'll give you that. Because I think think that it could read as, like, very heavily handed, like, because we're religious, we understand each other. But, like, and, like, I don't particularly love that. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm... mm -hmm. I just, I just, I think it, I think it's corny. Yeah. For as, as inspiring as the show is, it's so smart. Like, I think this is the one thing that got under the radar. Like, in my mind, it's the one thing that, like, passed unnoticed and unscathed. And I'm just like, I don't like Yeah, that. there could have been, there could have been a quieter moment of, like, nothing needed to be said. Like, there could have been, like, a head nod. Like, oh, I understand you. And that's all that needed to happen. Like, we didn't need to be, like, yeah. shove it in your face. Yeah, I'm with you. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, we now get Lena out of the nut. So, Beulah welcomes everybody to Gander Academy. Beulah! Um, and she's like, we've got TV set up so you can see what happened for yourself. And she goes, now here's the thing. We didn't realize that they hadn't seen it for themselves. Which is so crazy to think about. That they had like, yeah, they were stuck on this plane. They were super agitated. But... They also had, like, a good time on the plane with, like, all the booze and the movies and the karaoke and all that stuff. And then it was like, oh, shit, we were on that plane for a reason and this is why. Yeah. And it was also, like, it also, we're past 24 hours now. So now we're into the period where, like, 24-hour news was just pictures of the pile but we were also getting a little bit sensationalized where we're showing that plane hitting the building and we're showing that building, those buildings coming down like on repeat. And so if you're looking at it yeah. for the first time, you're like, oh, shit. Okay. And none of these people have talked to yeah. their family members. So it's just like, I can't even like, as someone who like watch it unfold in real time, like I can't imagine just like walking up to it and be like, oh, hey, how's it go? What? <laughs> That's why we were yeah. on the plane for 24 hours? Yeah, I just... Insane. Yeah. Yep. Now, we we also find out that Captain Beverly has found out that one of her friends uh, was on... One, one of her fellow pilots was the pilot of the plane that crashed into the Pentagon. Yeah. And uh, she was like, listen, his name was Charles uh, Burlingham. 
And he was the captain of Flight 77 that crashed into the Pentagon. And she was like, I just saw him. But I also know that a pilot will do anything to save his airplane. He just will. Ma'am. Yeah, that whole part, the, when she now, talks about it, I'm just like, oof. Yep. At that point, somebody just gets up and cuts it off. Which, props to that person because there's so much... There's survivor guilt that goes into this. There's also, like, self-punishment that goes into that. That, like, somebody was like, we can't do this to ourselves. We're, we're like, cutting this off. Yep. One fifteen a.m., Wednesday, September 12th. Everybody's at Gander Academy. The plane people are exhausted, but they don't want to sleep. They're all just... And they're like... We're all standing there with food, but they don't want food. They want phones. So at one forty-five a.m., six phones are put on a table so that they can use. An hour later, they set up 20 more. An hour after that, there's 75 phones and computer with internet so that they can fucking call home and check on their family. You know? And so we get this little montage of people going like, I'm calling from Canada. Yes, I'm safe. I'm in Newfoundland. Like, I just saw the news. Like, are you okay? How's so-and-so? Hannah's like, have you heard from Kev yet? Mm, A secret traumatic tool we'll use later. Um, And it's just all these people calling home to say like, I'm fine. How are you doing? (laughs) So. 3.45 3.45 a.m. overnight, the community's population in Gander have went f- has went from 9,000 to 16,000. Um, and Kevin woke up from a dream where he's like, I, I was in a dream I can't remember, and there was music I never heard before. And his boyfriend, Kevin, is like, I woke up dreaming that we were stuck in the middle of nowhere. First of all, read the fucking room. <laughs> like. So... Everybody wakes up because there are people from Germany and 4 a.m. in Newfoundland is breakfast time in Germany. So, like, everybody's already having breakfast. Everybody's cooking. Everybody's, like, trying to make sure everybody's ready. Um, And so there's a... There's a man, the man from the Middle East who had gotten onto the bus last is poking around the kitchen and Beulah is like, hey, what are you doing in here? We're trying to cook. And he's like, oh yeah, I'd like to help. And she's like, no, no, go. And he's like, yeah, but she's like, no, 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 we got it. We got it. (laughs) You're a guest, go. They're all talking about like, oh my gosh, we like, it could have been us, survivor's guilt. Um, But... Uh, it's like any of us could have died on Tuesday and like we're daring to see things different today. Uh, and they're just like, I feel fake because I'm in like other people's clothes, not in a town that I've ever been in before, kind of pretending that things are okay, but really just wishing I could go home. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's really, really weird. Everybody's making phone calls home. uh, And Beulah goes to Hannah. And she's like, hey, my name's Beulah. Somebody told me your son's a firefighter. My son's a firefighter, too. Um, And I know it's not the same thing as, like, working in New York. But, like, I'm a mom. You're a mom. I'm trying to connect with you. Have this little human connection. And she's like, can I do anything for you? And she's like, no. I need to hear from my son. Yep. And she's like, okay, cool. 
She's like, I'm just going to be here by this phone. If anyone needs me, I'll be here. <laughs> I'm literally. not moving. Uh, and s- <laughs> oh, literally, literally Hannah, this entire show. Um, literally me when I wake up. I'm not moving. I'm going to be right here. <laughs> um, so Captain Beverly says, hey, I, you know, I just wanted to tell you. I just heard from the airline. Uh, Air, airspace is still closed, uh, and I can't tell you how long we're going to be here, but it is going to be a hot second, so get used to being here. Like, I don't I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Other, And it's very hard to be one of those people who's like, I'm a pilot, I'm the captain, I'm supposed to be in charge, I'm supposed to have the answers, and not have any. Yeah. Um, so... Hannah is like, hey, can you help me find a church? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, again, a secret tool. Well, fine. Right now. So, <laughs> uh, this is my favorite song in the entire fucking show. And we will now spend the next 58 hours talking about it. Correct. Um, get wrecked, everybody who listens to this show. <laughs> All four of you. So, um, Beulah says, so I'm setting up for lunch, labeling anything that will go bad. And I go and I check on Hannah, who's leaving messages for anyone she can reach. I am now going to fucking openly wait about Hannah. Because here's the thing. Not only is this a fucking good song, this is a master class in acting. Master class. Period. Dot. Exclamation point. End it right there. It's so good. That is a declarative statement. (laughs) It's so good. So, this song is called I Am Here. And I will now break this song down beat for beat. (laughs) So, Hannah is like, I am here. I am here on an island. Hello? Hello, it's me. It is this mom. It is a mom. It is a person. It is a mom calling to try to reach her son. And she's like, hello, my son is with Rescue News. She's like, okay, there's no news. I'm his mother. I'm st- I'm stuck here. And she's like, I'll hold. And she's like, I should be down there and checking the hospitals and doing something. Instead, I am here. Because she has already told us that she doesn't leave home. She went on this trip because her son was like, go live your life. And she went on this trip and now she is stuck in the middle of nowhere I think she was, I think she's coming from, she's coming from somewhere in Europe, um, cause it's based on a real person and she is stuck in the middle of nowhere on a trip she didn't really want to go on that her son sent her on and now yeah. she cannot find her son who is a firefighter in New York City. I just. Ma'am. Mm. Ma'am. All of- and she's like, <laughs> I am here. All my notes go ahead, say for this. Go ahead, go ahead. All my notes for this song. And I said this to you earlier, you've seen it. All my notes say is oof. Just big oof. I love the isolation of this song. Because for so many of the other songs, like, something is happening in the background. Like, there are other people, like, acting something out. But this song is a Mm -hmm. straight light on Hannah. And that's it. It's her clutching a phone. And it's just brilliant. It's just brilliant. She's she's like, I'm here in Canada. And she's like, I'm telling you. And and it's, it's, it's so... 
These stories frustrate me. I see it in movies. I see it in true crime stuff all the time. Where like somebody, whether you're related to them or a best friend or somebody or or, or somebody who's like, I am telling you, and for I'm telling you something, and you are not believing me. Yeah. And that is so frustrating. She's like, I'm telling you, my son takes risks. He's not missing. He's helping. He's out there. And I keep, she's like, I'm, here's my number. I'm at this place. I am not leaving this spot. And all I'm doing is I'm waiting for him to come through the door and say, I'm home, mom. And she's like, I should be there for my son. But instead, I am here. And Beulah, it is so beautifully narrated by Beulah from an outside perspective where she's like, she leaves message and message for her son until there's no more room on his answering machine. And now I am going to say what she says and then we're going to go back in just a second. Great. And And break it down. She goes, all I know is you are there. You are there. And I am here. Now... Let's go back. This, this, let's go back. Because first of all, I'm going to fucking punch a hole through a wall <laughs> over this song. Because she gets... She, th- listen, she is a mom. She is a mom who loves her son. Mm-hmm. And she goes, a, a baseline is all I know. Mm? That's it. Baseline. All I know is you are there. <sighs> You're there. And then the next line, she goes, you are there. She hits R. She goes, you are there. Now, is she convincing us or her that he's there? She's like, all I know is you are there. You are there. And I am here. Finally realizing that she cannot do anything about the moment. Let's take a 58-minute break to calm down. Uh, because that I is what you need. It's just, yeah. Uh, that se- that actually, second you are there is just, it. if you are not, if you have not already cried, if you don't cry at that part, who did you sell your soul to? Who? And for how much? Mama. Mama. Was it worth it? <laughs> okay, so we get a song called The Prayer, which I'm actually going to turn over to you, Emily. Go ahead. Okay, so The Prayer is actually my, it's my, I say it's my favorite song in the show. Me in the Sky is actually my favorite, but here we are. Um, so the little moment that we talked about earlier about Hannah asking to go, uh, how to get to a Catholic church, we are in a church, um, and it is her and Kevin T. Um, and Kevin, who's had this song stuck in his head, realizes that it is a song from church that he remembers from a time before. Um, and so he, him and Hannah kind of start to sing it together, and then others join in in different languages, which is beautiful and incredible and amazing. Um, just before this, uh, they were talking about meals, because the two Kevins are vegetarian, and so they were like, um, are there vegetables in Canada? And another person they find out is a, Jew- <laughs> is a Jewish rabbi, and he needs kosher meals. So they end up turning one of the classrooms into a somewhere that he can prepare meals for like anyone that needs it. So like people who are Hindu, people who are Muslim, people who are vegetarian. Like he's yeah. in charge of like cooking for them. So then he starts to sing in Hebrew, which is really really amazing. Um, and then there's this. Can can I? I'm so sorry. Can I interrupt very quickly? That I didn't realize that it was. 
I, looking back, I should have. I thought they were singing different songs. I didn't realize it was the same song in different languages, which makes it a much like come together yeah. right now <laughs> like, moment. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's so, it's so beautiful. Um, and uh, there's this really beautiful moment where there's an older gentleman that comes in to talk to the rabbi and he says this like heartbreaking thing. He comes in and he says, I was born in Poland, I think, because he was born like either in the late 30s or the early 40s. And so his family like escaped Poland. But he says, like, I, mm-hmm. I was born in Poland, I think. And my family was Jewish and I was told not to tell anyone, not even my wife. But after the past few days. Oh, like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, but over the past few days, like, I feel like I should tell someone. And so he tells this rabbi who he doesn't know. He's like, I just I feel like I need to tell someone because like so much sorrow and so much is happening. that Like, I need to share this. And so like the rabbi like gives him a, like what is probably his first yarmulke that he's ever had since he was like teeny tiny. And so it's like it's so heartbreaking because he's like, I think I was born in Poland. I don't know why that line sticks out to me so much, but it really does. Um and then they're just singing and like the just the way that the music swells and this like just and like the light just comes through a very narrow opening from the back wall and it's just it comes together and it's just so freaking beautiful <laughs> and it's just it's a beautiful yeah. it's just a beautiful reminder of like the collective grief that all of these people from literally all over the world are feeling um so and i actually have um I have like the real life story behind this song, if you're interested. Amazing. Absolutely. Please go ahead. Okay. So because everybody is based on a real person and Kevin T is based on a real person, like he really was dating someone named Kevin and the show makes it out to be that they, spoiler alert, that they split up at the end, like they split up because of 9-11 and they do, but they were actually together until 2010. So they were together for a much longer time. And the other Kevin, who's... Oh, his, okay. Yeah, his, the other Kevin, his secretary, um, is actually, like, a very gifted musician. And, like, when they first went to see Come From Away, he was like, you should actually, like, play your own part. Um, but they didn't speak for almost six years. They didn't speak until opening night of Come From Away because they didn't have anything else to talk about except for 9-11. Isn't that heartbreaking? Now, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I hate it, but, like, I love it. Yeah. So, they, yeah, they didn't talk for almost six years until opening night, and then, like, it kind of, like, rekindled a friendship, and they are like, okay, we have more. Yes. <laughs> okay, wait, are you about to tell me that they got back together? No, they did not. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, yeah. so, wait, okay, time out one more time. Have you ever seen, this is, this is just what that reminded me of, of like not speaking for six years and then like meeting on opening night. Yes. Um, have you ever seen that story of the um, performance artist who just literally sat in the middle of like an open square at a table and like people were allowed to just like sit down on the opposite side of her and just like talk to her. And she like, her whole thing was like, I am not going to respond to you. Like, it wasn't like a come yell at me kind of thing. Yeah. But it was like, come talk to me, come tell me your secrets. Like, come like release whatever you need to release. And like, I will be a recipient body for you. And like the big reason that that story became a thing is because somebody sat in front of her and it was like her ex fiance she hadn't talked to in like 
years. What? And it was like this whole thing where like her whole piece was like, I am not going to talk to you. And he was like, he came and like talked to her and like broke down crying in front of her. And like, I, if, if I can find it, if Emily, if I remember to send it to you, I will, but I have a goldfish brain and I'm a little tipsy. So like, um, but it is a beautiful, beautiful story um, that that just reminded me of. So, um, so they, Kevin R, I think is the boyfriend. I think it's Kevin R. Um, but he was in like he was in like a chorus in Austin where they're from, and they actually like he convinced Kevin T to like join this choir with him, and they sang the song in the choir like it's an actual song but but different for the show like the words are the same but they like rewrote the the music for it so yeah, like yeah. he really did have this song in his head but like he knew where it came from it wasn't a question but the two kevins were sent back to paris after gander they couldn't continue on so they went back to paris and they spent like the after days of gander in paris and he said that, you know, it was just a really unique experience because, like, he still wasn't home. He still wasn't in America. But he went to Notre Dame, Notre Dame, um, and they were having a memorial service, and he heard the song again. So, like, there's a real-life tie. <gasps> yeah, there's a real-life tie to the song. And he ended up, like, writing a book about, like, the whole experience um, called Converse. I wrote it down. Hold on. Conversations. Channel of Peace. Stranded in Gander at 9-11, and he talks more about it. But, so, like, that, the whole, like, story behind the prayer is very, like, true to life. Like, it was very much, like, a part of his experience, so. That is so neat. Yeah. Wild. Very nice. Um, are, that, that is so neat. I, I never, that, I, I never knew that. I truly never knew that. That's awesome. You picked the right person for this? For this episode, man. What can I tell you? <laughs> Listen, if I had picked anybody else, I would have died because you would have killed me. So, that is correct. <laughs> that is a true statement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, we're, is it, is, are, do you have anything else or do you, or is it okay to move on? No, we're good. Yep. Okay. Uh, so, we move on to On the Edge. And this is kind of like the crux of like, yeah, we're all being nice to each other and we're in this unknown place. But something needs to happen. Yeah. And we're it's it's the song called On the Edge, and it is much like Lady Gaga, everybody was on the edge. Because as um, much as Canadians are nice, it's seven it's roughly seven thousand Americans. And we just needed that reminder. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um and so they were like, listen, people are crammed. They have not slept in days. They honestly, if we're really being truthful, they haven't really eaten either. They've, they've probably eaten enough to, like, not be hungry, but they haven't eaten because, like, they wanted to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and so there's this, uh, the uh, Muslim man is uh, praying, and they're like, hey, what the hell are you saying? And he's like, I'm legit just talking on the, I'm sorry, he's on the phone with his mom. I'm, I'm so sorry. Um, and they're like, are, are you celebrating? And he's like, uh, no. And this woman's, and they tell this woman, like, they're like, go back to where you came from. And she's like, I was, I'm from Connecticut. Yeah. She's like, and bitch, like, I'm well, trying. You don't look American. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part is it goes, well, you don't look American. And she goes, what does, what that, does mean? that mean? <laughs> so they, they're like, yeah, we need to go down to the, um, 
Uh, what is it? The, the, not the Lions Club. It's like the inn. It's like their, excuse me, their pub. Yeah. So they, they're like, hey, wherever we are, we're on the edge. And, um, okay. So Janice, the reporter, uh, she goes, I interview a woman from Queens, a woman who's, uh, it's Hannah. It's, it's Hannah. It's it's, Hannah we y'all. all know it's Hannah. <laughs> it's Hannah. Um, and she goes, her son's a fire. What'd you say? I said, it's Hannah, y'all. <laughs> It's, it's Hannah, y'all. Um, that's the t-shirt for this episode. It's Hannah, y'all. Um, so, um, her son's a firefighter, and they still can't account for him. She starts crying. I start crying, too, and I can't stop shaking. She's like, I can't do this anymore. And Mama, you're... First of all, if you're in a, ever in a situation where you're, like, overwhelmed, take yourself out of the situation. Yeah. Like, it's okay. Oh, it's okay. She's also, like, the only reporter there. That's, she's it. Correct. <laughs> Take a breather, honey. Correct. Take a breather. They're not going anywhere. <laughs> Literally. Um, and so Beverly says, I check in with the air traffic controller again, and it's more bad news. Still closed. There's a storm headed for Newfoundland. And so if we don't get... There's a hurricane. Hur- hurricane Aaron, mama. <laughs> mama. It's honest. Because why not? The Legion. They all want to. They all want to go down to the Legion. I knew I was going to find out what this fucking place was. <laughs> um, and so Beulah goes to Hannah and she's like, "Come down to the Legion." And she's like, "Absolutely, fuck. I will not. I will be beside this phone, and that is where I'm going to be. So how about you leave me the fuck alone?" Now I know that I have made it very clear, and that what this is season three. All this to say. That I've made it very clear that I am a mentally unstable, emotionally fragile, crazy person. This next moment in this show makes me fucking weep every fucking time I watch this show. (laughs) That being said, let us move on to... In the bar, heave away. <laughs> so, so. I need you to know that for my notes for this song, I said, it, all it says is, do I know the choreography? Of course I do. I want to live in this bar. <laughs> That's it. That's yeah. all I wrote. <laughs> now, I will tell you right now, before we get into this, there is a recording of the Come From Away cast on Good Morning America performing the next or technically three songs it's in the bar heave away and then screech in and if you don't go watch it you don't respect me as a person correct so that's all i'm gonna say about it if you don't Uh, do it if you don't do it it's a hate crime i'll say it it's a hate crime that's all i'm there it is. There it is. So, so by 8 o'clock, the bar is completely packed with people from all around the world. Everybody's talking about where they're staying, what they've seen, and they just keep getting fed alcohol. And as the time goes on and the party gets a little bit raunchy, not raunchy, but like raucous, raucous and, and loud, somebody brings out an ugly stick, which is like a, um, a, not, can well, it might be Canadian, but it's like North, North America, like instrument. Yeah. And so the men of the town, I love this moment because it's the men of the town and the women of of the town of Newfoundland singing this like sea shanty for the people who are there. Yep. 
And it's like, yeah, we're going off to... And it, it is literally a, a sea shanty. Like, I'm not... I'm, that's not me being like... That's not me embellishing. It is literally that. Yep. And they're like, yeah, we're going off to war. And when we come back, we're going to fuck your brains out. And they're <laughs> like, you know what? You know what? If If you don't, we've got men here. Like, which I fucking love. Okay. And uh, they're like, cool, great, bye. Yeah, and after, yeah, (laughs) literally, 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 (laughs) literally. And um, so um, they're like, after that, we get the karaoke going, and then Beulah gets to sing, come from, uh, not come from away. Uh, My heart heart will go go on. on. My heart will go on again. Now, here's the thing. Now, when I tell you that I'm a mentally emotional, fragile, psychopath, crazy person, this show was built to attack people like Emily McGilvery and Nathan Brown. Correct. So, <laughs> because what what happens is Oz says, we decided to have a bit of a ceremony. And Claude, the, he's the mayor, correct? Yeah. He's the mayor. Yep. Now, Be- Beulah's the real mayor, but Claude is like the elected mayor. <laughs> he is the elected official. Like, Beulah is the one who actually wins the shit. <laughs> Period. Period. <laughs> um, he goes, now let's make these people honorary Newfoundlanders. Now, when I tell you, when I tell you that I openly weep at this song, it's not a sad song. Not. It's a fun song. It's a great song. It's probably, it's probably one of the most fun songs in the entire show. It is a downright bop, if I will. <laughs> it, when I tell you that I weep Weep every time I watch this show. It is it is just the to me. It's my opinion. To me, it is the pinnacle of these people caring about people. Oh yeah. It is it, it is the pinnacle of these people caring about people. Yeah. They have never met them. And they've known them what for t- 3 days yeah, at this point. That, yep. They have been trapped here, and they're like, you know what? You are welcome here, and we are going to make you honorary members of this town. Now, when I tell you I become unhinged over this, I, I, I think I've made that clear about, at this point. But I, I, I literally cannot handle it because it is just the absolute perfect example of, like, you should care about other people. Yeah, because it's not even a thought. It's just like, oh, this is the thing we're gonna. This is the thing we do. No. This is the thing we're gonna do to you. And then it's it's also like, the fact that they're like, who wants to do this? It's not like, oh, we're gonna make you do it. It's a who would like to do this? Who wants to be an honorary Newfoundlander? Yes. And it's like, oh, great. <laughs> Thank you for thinking of us. You no. are amazing. <laughs> let let <laughs> let's see if we can make it through, Emily. Now there's a. Now, there's a solemn old tradition for admission or audition to transition from a come from away to be a Newfoundlander. First of all, I will play Claude one day. I will play Claude one day. I am absolutely manifesting that. Yes, absolutely. Now, this, this, is, what, this is what breaks my heart. It's, it's, he's, like, trying to, like, break this down. He's like, now, there, there, there is a tradition there's for to like actually become one of us. And he goes, the only other way at any rate is pass away and pray to fate and wait to reincarnate. Like, it's like, you can either do this or hope to die and come back as one of us. Like, I love that those are the two That's options. It. That's all you I, got. I, 
It's like one or the other. And I just, it's, to me, I, I maybe I'm reading way too much into this song that is, is, is just meant to be fun or whatever, but it's just, it's, it's just like, we are, we are such a unique people yeah. that you can either do this ceremony that we're about to do or you can in, or you can hope the energies of the universe makes you one of us. Yeah. And I absolutely adore that. I I love it. 100%. This when I I am not lying when I tell you this song makes me cry every time I listen to it. My only notes for this song is all I want in life dot 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 is to be screeched in. Also, come on foreshadowing with Diana and Nick. Um and I'm also obsessed with the band yes. comes out. The fact that the band comes out. Oh. oh. Like and it's like, yes, this the, is everybody. This is an everybody yes. thing. <sighs> the the band when they talk about the ugly stick, the band comes out and they are featured for a moment of like, yeah, the band is part of this too, which is not something other than Hades Town gets really acknowledged. Um, and in I mean in Broadway shows, it's like the the band is its own thing. Yep. Um. Any, anyway, so, so I'm sorry. Now that we've talked about this for 15 minutes, now let's make it past the second line in the song. Um, so, uh, they talk about this, um, um, not ritual, but like, um, tradition, this tradition, or audition, um, to be a Newfoundlander. And, uh, they have to kiss this fish, a, 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 a Newfoundland cod. Yes. Oh, oh, but before that, they have to take a shot of Screech. And Screech is this um, alcoholic beverage, which I kind of made a, um, that was my cocktail. I I was like gonna, I forgot to totally talk about this earlier, was I made like a little Screech for myself. I literally just poured different alcohols and um, Malibu rum um, into a cup and just kind of like made myself a little mixed cocktail. And Malibu rum comes back in this song. Um... Because it's supposed to be a very strong drink is is the whole like point of it. Because um, was it was it a so, World War was it a World War Two soldier? They say it in the song, but I don't remember. Um, they mention like who the soldier was, but back in World War Two, an officer who was stationed here was offered some of this stuff. All of the locals were tossing it back, and so he does too, and he lets out an ear piercing screech, and everybody comes to see what happens and says, "What was that ungodly screech?" Um, so they have named this drink Screech. Um, now my favorite, one of my things, uh, is, uh, this, this song is very long, to be honest, it's very long. Um, and he goes, hey, hey, just sing along, nothing venturing, just prolonged. And Claude goes, there's 30 verses in this song and you'll be a Newfoundlander. It's so good. Um, now, so they have to take a shot of Screech, which is his own thing. And uh, Kevin says, Screech is just basically bad Jamaican rum. And uh, somebody, Nick says, Screech is horrific. And Diane says, Screech is delicious. delicious. <laughs> um, so now with every transformation comes a tiny bit of risk. This is, I fucking love this song. Okay, anyway. Um with every transformation comes a tiny bit of risk. You've got to rock the plank, and there'll be blood or there'll be bliss. And it's the same to be a Newfoundlander. Every person's wish. Well, first of all, every person's wish to be, like, a good person. 
Because, like, in my mind, a Newfoundlander is, like, a good person. Um, so don't be Tom. Just take the plunge. Go on and kiss the fish. I will be Claude one day. Anyway, um, and, like, below it, everybody's like, I'm an islander. I am an islander. I'm an islander. I am an islander. So, like, there's just, like, this little, like, bumpy, like, driving force underneath them while they're doing this. And, um... Claude comes out and he's like, you have to kiss this fish. You, you have to kiss it. And Kevin G, Kevin J says, if you kiss that fish, I'm never kissing you again. And Kevin T says, I'll risk it. And he kisses it. <laughs> and Nick says, I'm not going to kiss the fish. And Diane says, I will if you will. So Nick kisses the fish. And then Diane is like, well, I can't kiss the fish now. And so the guy says, well, uh, Claude says, well, if you kiss... I'll, okay, I'll make you a deal. Either kiss the fish or you kiss the Englishman that you're not married to. Because, like, he thinks they're married. Foreshadowing. Uh, he thinks they're married. And he's like, how does your relationship work if he's in England and she's in Texas? And he's like, oh, we're not married. So what Diane does is, she, instead of kissing the fish, she kisses Nick, who has kissed the fish. And that way she becomes a Newfoundlander. Because why not? Because <laughs> why not? And so... Now, in my mind, if there was an intermission, it would be after Screech In, where oh, they yeah, all yeah. become Newfoundlanders. 100%. I'm glad it's not, but 100%. That is correct. There is no way, there's no way the energy of this show, not could survive, but that's the best wording of it, could survive with an intermission. No. This show doesn't need an intermission for one, but also any break in the show would not do it any justice. Yeah, correct. Which is why I think they don't have one. And if I find out that community theaters do it and I put in an intermission, I will come and find you. I will hunt you down. Don't do it. (laughs) Ma'am. I will send letters. (laughs) This is your official warning. (laughs) (laughs) Period. So, now we get the song that everybody has heard from the show. If you've heard one song from the show, it's this song. Yeah. My parents must have thought me with my country ass. Uh, (laughs) so, So, we get me in the sky, which is really, first of all, a highlight of Captain Beverly Bass. Yes. Bass. Bass? Bass. Beverly Bass. You're good. So, Gleb? Gleb? Gleb. It's Gleb. So, <laughs> so, we finally get the backstory of her being a pilot. Now, I did not know this, obviously, because I don't keep up with, like, pirate hit <laughs> Pilot. Pilot history. This woman is not a pirate. Breaking news. Great. Beverly Bass uh, is a pirate. <laughs> Beverly Bass is a pirate of the sky. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, she goes, my parents must have thought I was a crazy. Because when she was little, she would watch planes at the airport. And she's like, that's what I want to fucking do. And they were like, you know what? To quote Nathan Brown, 40 years from now, go off, mama. <laughs> yep, that's what they said. Which is which is something that Killian says now, and it's my favorite thing. Incredible. <laughs> so, so, there are all these reasons she can't be a pirate. 
Fucking fuck. Pilot. The first one being she's a woman, she, which is dumb. She was too young, too short. There were no female captains. But her dad, first of all, she had excellent parents. Mm-hmm. Who said, just be patient. <laughs> Maybe I'm having a stroke. Maybe. I think so. Maybe it's a stroke. Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> um, she, and he said, my dad said, be patient and just see what happens. So she took lessons and she came down and she said, you know what? I'm going to do this forever. Forever. Okay. You didn't do it forever if you retired, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Me, every time she says that, I'm like, mm, you retired, but okay. <laughs> um, okay, Miss Retired with Benefits. Um, so, um, she got a job as, she got a job flying for a mortician. Um, and she would literally have to climb over the bodies to get to the cockpit. Um, but throughout, we're gonna, we're kind of gonna breeze over this, uh, because it's, it, it's not so much that it's just a story of her life, but it's like she became a pilot. Like she worked her way up from being a mortician pilot to becoming the first female captain ever. That's ridiculous and insane. And first, first of all, she's a trail player. Gaslight, gatekeep, girl boss <laughs> is what this woman did. Correct. Um. She, in 1986, she became the first female pa- American captain in history. She was... Now, that did, does not mean that it came without it challenge, it, its challenges. Because men still lit down on her. Her female flight attendant crew were like, Oh, you think you're better than us? You're not better than me. You think you're better than me? And she's like, first of all, I'm just trying to fly this plane from Nashville to Orlando in an hour and 45 minutes. That's all. That's all I'm trying to do. That's literally all I'm trying to do. So, like, what the fuck? Um, Now, this song is called Me in the Sky. Um, And it's, first of all, it seems like one of those songs that would be in too many people's books. But I've never heard it in an audition. Keep it that way. What'd you say? I said keep it that way. I'm going to say now if if for the for the mm, mezzo sopranos out there yeah for the for the four of you listening all of you get in a group chat and decide which one of you gets it yeah because it sh- it should be in somebody's book it should be do you know the, the fact that she sings I'm 51 scare you because Jen Kalilla is not 50 no one that has played this role is 51 do not let it scare you for- First of all, Rachel Tucker is coming back to Broadway, and I'm v excited about it. My so my best friend who is on the he's on the tour. He met her yesterday because the tour cast had a meet and greet with the Broadway cast, and he texted me to say that he was shocked that she was not six feet tall because he assumed that she was a very tall lady, and she is not apparently. Apparently, she's very short. There's your fun fact for the day. Hmm. <laughs> Okay. Now, she goes, now, and somehow I'm 51. Okay. Suddenly I'm flying Paris to Dallas, across the Atlantic and feeling calm. Now, okay, 
first of all, then she gets alerted of the terrorist attack. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that she loved more than anything, planes, not her kids or her husband. It's fine. What's I'm calling it out was used as the bomb. Oof. Suddenly I suddenly I'm in a hotel. Suddenly something has died. Some suddenly there's something in between me and the sky. Now, first of all, I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm gonna tell you this right now. Right here, right now. If you're not doing the accent, don't sing this song. Correct. Now, my country ass is allowed to sing the song. (laughs) But also, I'm angry with you because... What happened? My favorite part of this song is the fact that she does not finish the song. She never sings The Last (gasps) Guy. She she sings me Me and the... And then she gets a phone call saying, hey, it's time to go. She never finishes the song. The song does not get an applause break. And it is my favorite part of the show. I am obsessed because this should be a standing ovation moment and it is not. I love it. I love it so much. Okay. Now we turn over to the Dur- the Dover Fault and Stop the World. Emily, these two songs are yours. Uh, amazing. Okay. So, um, yeah, so they, they're, so Beverly Bass gets the call. She's like, hey, we're ready to roll. Let's go. So everybody's kind of put on notice that, like, don't go too far. We're going to be leaving soon. We don't actually know what that means, but we're leaving soon. So get ready. Let's go. Um, And we see everybody kind of going through customs and being asked, like, what's your final destination? Where do, why are you traveling? Blah, blah, blah. Everybody goes through fine. Um, we meet our friend from Egypt again, and he gets searched uh-huh. and, like, full-on body searched. And Beverly Bass is in the room. And Cesar Samayoa, who's the actor in the character, he says, he, you know, there is an area of my body that no one except for my wife is supposed to see. And so for a woman to be in the room while this is happening is just, like, defeating. And it is utterly heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, but then we move on. And Nick and Diane are like, okay, we're going to go for a walk because we, these are, like, our last moments together. We don't know really what's happening. And... Uh, there is the Dover Falls is where the continents all came together like millions of years ago, crashed together, and then mm. they split. So, like, it's this very beautiful moment of, like, kind of what's happening in real life, like all these people coming together and then spreading out to their individual places in the world. Um, and it's so beautiful because Nick has a disposable camera, which is just the cutest thing ever. And... Um, Diane is like saying like look at this beauty like look at this majesty look at everything that's happening and he's like yeah I'm gonna take a picture and then he like very clearly just takes a picture of Diane and it's like oh, okay. right, right, right. <laughs> um, and they both have a moment of like stop the world what's gonna happen after this like I don't I like I want to say that there's something here with this person but is that crazy and are we crazy um, it's just this beautiful moment of like the our future is in front of us but what does that mean and what does that look like and it's just heartbreaking right and beautiful and it's very like there's something there that wasn't there before beauty and the beast moment of like i think yeah. something's happening here so but yeah it's just really beautiful and i love it <laughs> yeah so yeah and so yeah we get this moment where they're like yeah what is going to happen between us we don't really know 
Um, and it, it, it is nice. And we also get this really nice chair choreography where they're like walking on chairs as they're being like moved in front of them, which like I'm always obsessed with. Yes. Um, now, now here we go. Now, this show happens fast. Yeah. We've talked about it. There's no intermission. It's like an hour 30. Now we're back to like, hey, we're fucking leaving. Yeah, this the Dover this this last song is kind of the last like like okay, take a breath and now let's go. Like go 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 towards the end of the show. Like this is it. Let's go. Literally. Literally. It is it is a uh, it is a beeline yeah. to the to bows. It's a beeline to bows. Um so we get back to 38 planes reprise some some this is usually when I start Somewhere crying again. Somewhere in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> this is usually when I start crying again because I know that it's almost over. And I'm sad that it's almost over. Yeah. So this is usually when I start crying again. Now, the winds start to pick up. 50 miles an hour wind. We've been here too long. We're still on the ground. There's a hurricane coming. And I'm thinking, we're running out of time. We have to leave. We have to leave now. We gotta go. <laughs> first of all, calm down. That's the first thing I'm going to say. Secondly... Let's do it. One plane, then another, then then another. Okay, now they're in the up and up in the air. They're, they they leave. They finally they finally take off. What? Oh my gosh, it's wild. Now, Beverly, one of one of my favorite characters, says, "Ladies and gentlemen, if you look out your windows, underneath all that rain is Maine." <laughs> and she goes. We've just crossed the Canadian border. Welcome back to the U.S. of A. And if you're not on, crying man. at this part, you're wrong. You're just wrong. <laughs> literally, literally, it is. It is now. I I will openly admit that I have a lot of problems with this country, but this show right here makes me feel like an American. Yes. Like, yes. So. Because it's the reminder so. of hope, which I think like we all. <laughs> Obama, we miss you, is what we're trying to say. Um, <laughs> hope, like, we just, we all want that. And, like, that's all that we care about. Like, we have the hope that we can be better. And so, like, the hope for the future. And that's what this song is about, is, like, we are home. It's, we're ready to fight. We're ready to go. <sighs> Continue. Yeah. So, so Kevin and Kevin are not doing well. Um, they're all just kind of, like, waiting to get home at this point. Now, Bob comes over the intercom. I fucking love this. He's like, hey, I'm so sorry. I just wanted to, uh, I'm so sorry about saying goodbye. So I wanted to thank everybody who helped us in Gander. So I'm just, I'm doing just that. And I'm passing a hat for the people who gave up their time and they gave up their town. So let's give them a scholarship. They're they're literally just going to like, Give them money for a scholarship. Let's pass the hat down. Because somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Ma'am, I weep. Mm -hmm. I weep. Okay, so. Give me that 12 trick choreography any day of the week. (laughs) It's great choreography for sitting in chairs. It's, yeah. Also, we didn't mention during me me and this guy, she is seated for the majority of that song, and that is insane to me. Yes. Continue. Yes. <laughs> and she got a Tony nom, well deserved. Um, so uh, Diane and Nick are sitting next to each other, and she's upset because they're going to split up. Um, 
So he goes to kiss her on the forehead. And Diane's like, there was a little bit of tur- excuse me, turbulence. So I just thought he missed. So I, um, so I leaned over and, like, I kissed him. Like, they kiss each other. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> um, and so, um, Beverly's like, hey, if you look out your windows, you won't want to miss. We just entered Texas somewhere. Key change, which is amazing. In the middle of nowhere. In the... I fucking love it. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Um, and everybody's like talking about where they stayed, where they've been. Um, it's fucking amazing. And so Beverly is like, ladies and gentlemen, put your seat backs and tray tables up. So they finally land. They finally get back to America. And she's like, thank you for flying American. She's like hugging her crew because they finally made it. And she's like, I I finally walk back and she sees her husband. And she's like, I'm fine, Tom. I'm fine. (laughs) Ma'am. I just want a Tom. (laughs) <laughs> so so now we're in something's missing so we get this song where like everybody is actually back so like they they went on their like whatever vacation they were on whatever trip they were on they went they got grounded in gander and they were flying back and they are officially back to their lives that they they left yeah and so they are like something's missing which is absolutely true because a whole chunk of their lives is whether or not they knew anybody in in the attack yeah part of their life is gone i love this song because we get a lot of um bob's perspective who is played by rodney hicks in the original cast Um, And he is the only black male in the show. And his experience in Gander, his experience in Gander, the mayor is like, hey, can you go take all the barbecues in the backyard that you can find? And he's like, you want me to do what now? And he's like, yeah, just go do it. And everybody's like, yeah, sure, go ahead. And he's like, I don't understand what's happening. Yeah, yeah. And he's also a New Yorker. So this song, he's, it's very much his story of like coming back and being like, I am a black man in New York, in America, having just spent five days in a place that treated me like I was completely an equal and now this place that uh-huh. I have grown up is completely foreign to me like the landscape is different and this view that I have seen every day of my life is completely different he was like I am a different person because this thing happened and I love that it's his perspective telling this part of the story I just think it's beautiful I think it's brilliant I love that it's like the black man story being told for this something's missing song and like we get snippets from everybody else but i like that it's kind of highlighted by bob yeah absolutely um so we kind of while we get bob's perspective of being back in america we also jump back to gander and claude is like yeah the health boards the board of health says like clean it up you you have to clean up everything um and so it's 7.42, Sunday, September 16th, five days after um, the plane people are gone, Gander Town Council declares the state of emergency over, and they all head home, and, like, everybody's exhausted, and he's like, 
we've been up for five days. Like, nobody has really actively realized that they were awake for five days. Like, I mean, I'm sure, sure, they've taken a nap or two, but it probably wasn't restful. It probably wasn't restorative. It was probably like, okay, you've been asleep for 20 minutes. Get up and go. Yep. Like, go go and help somebody. And they're like, we do. We gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, literally. Um, and they're like, we turn on the TV and I just start crying. And he's like, I hadn't let myself cry the entire time. Um, which is insane. And so we cut back to Hannah and she goes, I go straight to his firehouse, pondering, part of me wondering if they just weren't telling me, but they, I, I get there and they still don't know. Um, and everybody's like, yeah, I get back and my life is is just where I left it, which I cannot imagine leaving and something traumatic happening and coming back in your life being the exact same as, exact same as what it was, quote, unquote, quote, 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 quote. It's, it's, I hesitate to like use this example, but like anyone who knows me knows that I got COVID. I was very, very sick with COVID and I like was back to work at Disney, had COVID, was out for four months. And then I came back um, and it was like, like, that's the only thing that I have to compare it to that, like the world continued around me, but there were like uh-huh. subtle differences. And like, that's the only thing that I have to compare it to. And even that is just like, I like, even to this day, three months coming back to work, I'm still like, how did that happen? Like, was that, did I, yeah. that happened, right? So, yeah. Yeah. So we get. We get Captain Beverly saying, I phone American and say, I'm ready to go whenever you are. And they say, take it. They're like, hey, you need to take some time off. And she's like, uh, yeah, I phone every day and I'm back in the airport by Thursday, but it's empty and it's a different place. But I do make the time to stop the few passengers that there are and, and, and say, thank you. Thank you for flying. Now, I would like to talk about the most traumatic moment of this entire show. Correct. Bring it on. So, so she goes, thank you for flying. And Beulah goes, hello, you've reached Gander Academy. This is Beulah Davis. How can I help you? And Hannah, 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 with a T, says, he's gone. gone. It's over. And she goes, oh, I'm so sorry, Hannah. I'm so sorry. And Hannah, now listen, 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 listen to what's about to happen. She goes, I'm, I'm going to shatter this fucking rock in my hand. Hannah says, you are here at the end of a moment. At the end of a moment. Oh my fucking God. She goes, you are here at the end of a moment. At the end of the world her world you are um you are here on the edge of the ocean where the story ends and Beulah says where the river meets the sea mm. i mean what i mean i i mean i as as soon as Hannah started talking about her son i was like he i'm sorry he didn't make it he he did not make it but to actually have the moment where she calls back and I, I think it's one of those moments where it's like, I, I mean, I have lost people in my life. I, I, I was very little when it happened. Um, 
and I, I lost my grandfather a few a few years ago, but we weren't super close. Yeah. And I, of course, am not trying to equate losing a child because I do not have one. But, like, I cannot imagine losing a child and then calling somebody that I knew for five days in a different country and being like, you, you are the person I need to tell. Probably first. Honestly, yeah, probably first. Probably. I agree. And, 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 and it is, it is, it is so smart. It is, I fucking, how did they not win best score? I, I am now, I'm now mad about it. It's because, even, like, how, it's Ethan Slater losing best actor and then come from away losing best score or best musical. It's those two in that order for me. Because how how do you get like you are here at the start of a moment to to Hannah, a mother losing her son going you are here at the end of a moment, at the end of the world. Her world. Her world. Her it's world as a mother is shattered. Because, like, I'm, multiple parents have told me, I, again, I'm I'm not a parent. I do not have a child. Killian, I mean, Killian is my child. But, like, yeah. I, I mean, my, I, I, can, I cannot imagine anything happening to him. But, like... I do not have a child, so I cannot imagine, like, losing a child. So, like, when she says at the end of the world, it is literally her world is gone because she has lost her child. Yeah. And it also just, like, the, okay. the, moment, of her, the moment of her calling, and because you're right, like, it's, it, Beulah probably is her first call because, you, like, she was there the moment that she started making those calls and like they really they really are friends in real life like they really are that close and like for her to like not say anything and just say he's gone and for Beulah to just know like she doesn't have to say the words Beulah just knows it just solidifies like their relationship in that short amount of time and it's just it's so good it's so good it's it's amazing it is absolutely amazing so we we get all these people saying like just everything is different and something's gone. Now, cut to the finale. The finale. So now 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 cut to oh, hold on before we do this. There was a, a a rare bonobo chimp on this plane. Mhm. And when I tell you that who who watched after that that Bonobo chant. Bonnie Harris. Bonnie, I'm sorry. Yes, because she was the one who went to the SPCA. Yeah. Yep. So there is a moment before the plane takes off that she, she talks to the chimp, the bonobo chimp, and she goes, because the the <laughs> because the bonobo chimp was pregnant and gave birth. And before they take off, she's like, I'm so sorry. We couldn't save that. <laughs> when I tell you that there was no reason for them to do that to me at the Dr. Phillips Center for Performing Arts. But that actually happened. That's 100% true. 
can can I tell you that I 100% don't fucking care that they did not need to include that in the show? And do you know what's worse? <laughs> that rare bonobo chimp just Why? recently, she just recently passed away. Like within this past year, she just recently passed away. The chimp named Gander? No, the mom. The one that was oh. in Gander. <laughs> the chimp is fine. Okay. But the, yeah, the one that was in Gander, okay. she recently, she passed away like within the past year. Emily McGilvery, I will fight you on site the next time I see you for telling me that. <laughs> now, moving on. Moving on. Mo- moving the fuck on. One, two, three, four. Welcome to the friends who have come from away. Welcome to the locals who... Okay, so we get a reprise of, like, come from away. Now, um... There is one thing that I wanted to... Oh, we get a um, a 10-year anniversary of the plain people going back to Gander, which I 100% fucking love. Which is when the writers, the writers were at that 10-year anniversary, and that's where they collected the stories. I'm going to start swinging. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Now, uh, now there is a, it is a 10% per- it, I'm sorry, 10%. It is a 10-year anniversary of the events of 9/11. So, Captain Beverly says, "With all the new security, kids aren't even allowed up in the cockpit anymore." Of course, on my retirement flight, I brought my whole family up to the cockpit on our way back to Gander. When I tell you I became unhinged when she said her retirement flight was to Gander, which, I mean, I absolutely understand. Of course it was. But, <laughs> but like, okay, so, Bob says, I come back with the scholarship money we raised, now worth over a million dollars. And Derm, the the mayor, says, I, came, uh, I bring up the Irish Risky, and we have ourselves a toast. And Diane says, now Nick and I couldn't make our long-distance relationship work. And Nick says, so I moved back to Texas and I proposed. And they honeymooned in Newfoundland. Now, here's my, here's my, here's my little, one little note, one little quick, quick, quick little aside that I'd like to point out. Trauma bonding is real. I'm not, I'm not saying that they don't love each other. I'm just, I would like to point out that trauma bonding is real. They are still together to this day, but you are correct. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying their relationship shouldn't work. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just pointing out that trauma bonding is a thing. Yeah. Which is what happened to the Kevins. No way. Yeah. The Kevins lost their relationship Mama. because the only thing they had was 9-11. So, you know. Now, Kevin T. says, every year on September 11, I close my office and give each employee $100 to go to and do random good deeds for strangers. It's my way of remembering what happened. Now, I'm going to not, I'm, I'm, mm, I'm going to start swinging at people because Hannah says, I fucking love Hannah. There's nothing Hannah can do that is wrong for me. So Hannah says, Beulah and I still keep in touch. She even came to visit me in New York. First of all, I fucking love Beulah. I fucking love Beulah. Beulah is the best character in this whole show. Correct. And she goes, and I still phone her every time I hear a really stupid joke. And she goes, Beulah, why are Newfoundlanders terrible at not-not jokes? I'll be the, you have to say, I'll be the Newfoundlander. 
Oh, and she goes, I'll be the Newfoundlander. So you say knock, knock. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. If Viva says knock, knock and Hannah says, come on in, the door is open. I'm so sorry. I really misread this entire situation. I'm so sorry. I'm, I was very confused as to what's happening. Okay. So now let me tell you, let me tell you. If you haven't cried over the entire show, if you haven't cried over I Am Here, if you haven't cried over Screech and, and them being indoctrined over Newfoundlanders, and you haven't cried over any other fucking part of the show, first of all, you're a heartless automaton that is actually a robot watching this show. Correct. But if you don't cry at this next part, I am going to fight you in the streets. Yes. Because Janice... The reporter, who also Tom broke off, message or found her and was like, "Hey, you're the only person with footage, uh, of anything that happened. So like, you need to give it to the world." Also, in Go other cu- in other countries, that line is Oprah because Tom Brokaw doesn't read in other countries. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking funny. <laughs> so Janice speaks up. This completely shattered me as a person who already thought they were shattered as a person enough. So Janice says, the donation we are most honored by just arrived today. It's about four meters long and 1,200 kilograms. Newfoundland is the only place outside the United States where we share the steel from the World Trade Center. Done. Let's all ta- let's that that let us now make a fifteen minute intermission because I cannot handle that information. Five minutes I before the end of the show, know. this is where intermission goes because <laughs> we all need a moment. Absolutely, and in the last five minutes of the show, this is where we need the intermission. So. Now, let me tell you, this absolutely breaks my heart. Claude says, on the northwest tip of North America, on an island called Newfoundland, there's an airport. And next to it is a town called Gander. Tonight, we honor what we lost, but we also commemorate what we found. And they go, you are here at the start of a moment on the edge of the world, ma'am. And they all sing that they're an islander. That if you need anything, we're here for you. That they're an islander. To the ones who have come from away, we say, welcome, welcome to the to rock. Welcome to the rock. Company front, and they slam com- their foot, lights out, done. Ma'am. Emily is and in her com- seat for another 20 minutes because she can't move. <laughs> You're sobbing, I'm sobbing, the person beside me is sobbing. <sighs> And that's come from away. Emily, did you have fun? I had so much fun. Oh my gosh. Me too. This was absolutely perfect. I absolutely loved it. Me too. Um, <laughs> before before we sign off, do you have anything to plug? I do actually. Um, so these are... Go for it. It's going to be kind of on a serious note. Um, if you want more information about like how Come From Away like, came to be, there is a podcast that doesn't exist anymore, but you can still find it. It's called Broadway Backstory, and Come From Away is episode 15, and it just gives like a ton of like how it all came to be. It's really, really cool. Um, the Come From Away national tour also has a podcast um, and it's called Conversations from Away. Um, and it is uh, it was started by the touring company and it focuses on the Black Lives Matter movement and social justice issues. All proceeds um, 
from the podcast are donated to the um, featured organization that's discussed in each of the episodes. Um, and that's really cool. So go check that out. And then my last one is I have a friend who um, her and her husband are actually both cast members. Um, and her husband um, is a child of 9-11. Her father, his father was killed in the attacks. And she has written a book called Rise from the Ashes, the stories of trauma. And it is about the, it is about the children of 9-11. And it is 99 cents on Amazon for Kindle. It is absolutely fantastic. It is so good. Um, you can find it on pretty much any platform. You can buy it in print. Um, it's in bookstores, Barnes & Noble, but it's called Rise from the Ashes. And it was written by Peyton Lynch. So go check it out. That's all I got. That's beautiful. Emily, those are beautiful plugs. Absolutely check those out if you can. That's actually, that podcast sounds amazing. So I'm going to check that out tomorrow when I wake up. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds awesome. So um, with that, I, Emily, thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad we finally got an episode together. Me too. <laughs> It was, this is a long time coming. This, awesome. was, this was Nathan texting me going, I have this idea for a podcast. And I said, great, I'm come from away. And he goes, correct. <laughs> period, period, period. Absolutely what, exactly what happened. Um, so Emily, I'm sure we're going to have you back for a very good episode in the future. Thank you for doing this. I cannot believe we finally got to do this. Y'all go watch the pro shot. Go watch the show. Go listen to the show. This show is absolutely beautiful. Cannot re recommend it enough. If it comes to your town, go watch it. The tour comes back. The tour comes back on November 5th. Nope. October 5th. <laughs> beautiful. Um, so with that, we're going to go ahead and sign off and say, like a person who has drunk too much, in the end of every show, it is time to black out.